Hello, and welcome to our Lighthouse podcast. We hope that this message brings inspiration and intent to your day. Hey everyone, um, I just want to quickly say happy NADOC. Uh, myself was meant to be down there this week with my father-in-law, Pastor William Dumas. Um, we're really sad that we couldn't be there, although... We still want to have a yarn with you um, specifically about this week called NADOC. But before we do, I just want to tell you a little bit about myself and also do an acknowledgement to country. It's really important for us to do this because it shows not only that we respect the land that we're on, but that we also honour the portion that God gave First Nations people of the land in which you live and play on today. So. I would like to acknowledge the Bundjalung people of the land in which I live and play on today. And I would also like to extend that respect to any other elders who call Bundjalung home or maybe watching this from your home, your, your, your um, living room. If you are at church, then I would like to, you know, pay my respects to you. If you are mob, if you're an indigenous person in the crowd, you know, we've done a lot for our people and I just want to acknowledge you as well. I'd also like to acknowledge the Kumanberry people. This is the area where I grew up and spent most of my time just over the border. So I always acknowledge the Kumanberry people of the Yugambeh language group and pay my respects. So yeah, I'm Wiradjuri. I love the land that God also gave my people, which is a massive nation that takes up uh, three of the very big rivers across New South Wales that lead into Victoria. Um, and yeah, I'm very, very proud of where I'm from. I have um, rich history, which I know I should never take for granted, uh, not to mention our ability to stay connected to country and our ability to stay connected to this thing we call our dreaming stories. So I know a lot of people probably don't know a lot about NADOC week, or if you do, that is awesome. Um, when I say a lot of people don't know a lot about NADOC week, what I'm really saying is I understand that there's still a lot of people that maybe haven't celebrated NADOC week outside of their homes um, or attended events outside of things that they had to be a part of. Um, but we just want to let you guys know that as Christians, we want to see more Christians being engaged, being involved, seeing what God's doing for our people, seeing what God's doing for the reconciliation process and this spiritual restoration for our people and also seeing, I guess, the light at the end of the tunnel, bringing hope to so many people. And NADOC Week actually does that for both parties, but it allows Indigenous people to showcase and celebrate just how deadly we are. So I'm really excited for this week. Obviously, things have happened and it's been a bit, uh, it's been postponed because of COVID, but that does not mean that we still can't have a yarn around what what this week's NADOC theme is and also I guess what what does the Lord say about you know the significance of the theme we want to see our country healed but we need greater protections in place to be able to do that we're still seeing major mining entities developers and even government still have a massive say in what happens to our sacred sites which are not dead our culture is still alive we still use these places of ceremony we still value this as not history as not something that was thousands of years ago it makes up our continuous 
life cycle, which I've just shown you. And it shows people how we operate continuously. So these things are not mythical. They're not old. Our dreaming stories do not die. But unfortunately, when sacred sites are taken away, you will see our people go into mourning because they hold such significance for not only our identity as adults, but it holds significance from birth to death for our people. So what is that? That is also the identity of our next generation being wiped out. It is not something that is gone tomorrow and it's not a problem. It's not an old building. It's not an old statue, which I understand in Western culture, if there's a statue of a prime minister or a queen in any of the cities of a king, if it's desecrated, there's massive consequences for those people who desecrate those statues, those places of significance that have significant people that are shown to represent someone's culture, a lot of the time colonization in Western states. So when we see things like that, if they're desecrated, there is a huge, a lot of the time, ramifications or there's repercussions or, you know, you're, you will be dragged through the court system. The same is not applied when sacred sites are blown up. That has thousands of years of our history and also maintains the life cycle now. Those things are not dead to us. So when we talk about this, we for generations have been calling for stronger measures around protecting our sites and protecting our land. Obviously, due to things such as mining, this is a very, very difficult and touchy subject still for a lot of Indigenous people because of the lack of decision making that still takes place. Although, as Christians, this is something that we can pray into to bring change. And I strongly believe that when we have a deep understanding of what it will take for us to stand up and support our people, that is when there will be real restoration in the church as an institution. That is when we will see healing and that is when we will see a revival. I honestly believe that. All of this is really interconnected into land and the identity that was given to our people, the maintaining of cultural laws and practices, the maintaining of our kinship systems, and also, I guess our way of life, really, everything came from the land that sustained us. And then everything, when it had passed, went back through the land. So for us, it was extremely significant um, in not only giving us our identity as people, but also ensuring that we would look after certain areas that were given to us, that were sanctioned to our people. And that were almost like um, areas, a lot of the time, as, as boundaries. We also had women's business and men's business. But what made it men's business and women's business was not just the law that we had between the two, uh, the two particular groups or the two genders and also children, but it was actually to do with us being able to then have a relationship with people from other areas. So for example, Radri Nation, we also had relationships with neighboring clan groups such as Gamilaroi. Um, one thing I would also like to say is if there's any takeaway from all this, know where you live. So go and find out the uh, nation and the clan groups of the areas in which you live and actually do some research around it this, this NAIDOC week. Go and look into the history. Um, some of it will be extremely sad, although you will also see some things around how, how we now celebrate uh, particular nations in the area you live in and also the families, the families that 
uh, look after the land that may be involved in this thing called the Aboriginal Lands Council. Why do we have Lands Council? Why do we have this thing called native title? They're really important things to go and look, look into and understand. Um, a lot of the time when we get some hard questions or when we get some questions um, because people may not have a deep understanding about our history and why restoration is extremely important for our people and to stop the destruction, which is what NAIDOC Week 2021 Hill Country is all about. When they understand why it's so critical to our way of life, why it's connected to our mental health, our life expectancy, our outcomes for our people, our identity, our children seeing themselves in the school system, our children seeing our, our connection to the land, which we call home, and valuing it and placing it in curriculum is so critical. Even these themes around NAIDOC week, this, this was a huge week for me as a kid. I used to love it because it was probably one of the only weeks where um, I guess teachers and uh, you know other students would really think about my people and what my people have been through or all of the valuable and good things through culture that we have to offer, offer this nation and offer people. So I just want to leave you with this one scripture. It actually brings a lot of hope in this one particular scripture for Indigenous Christians because we do. We want to see real restoration. And it's Deuteronomy 35 and it says, The Lord your God will bring you into the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it, and he will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. This is something that actually brings hope to our people, this this one particular scripture, this one particular verse, I should say, to actually see restoration. And I just wanted to leave with that as something that we actually can pray into because, you know, if you really are a part of this journey, then you have to be willing to see the restoration. This nation is made up of over, is it 26 million people? And we make up not even a million. So we make up 3% of this population, um, yet we are still... Uh, the poorest people in this country so we do we want to see a real revival and this is the prayer that we need because it does it links back to our land our connection to land our connection to our identity our connection to law our connection to kinship systems our connection to ceremony which allows us to give thanks to Biami, our father in the sky our one creator so we would love for you to pray this um, prayer just to support us thank you for listening Please connect with us at a different light.com.au.